Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Joyeux Noël à l'école de peur. Bonsoir, Joe. Nous devrions faire tout l'épisode en français. Oui. Oui. <laughs> ah, yes. We're going to get very French today with uh, uh, Deadly Games or um, what's it actually called? Um, uh, 36, 15, code Père Noël. Noël. Ah, but we'll get into that and all the Frenchiness to come. Uh, all the Frenchiness. Yes. How how are you? Um uh, Comment vas-tu? Uh, ah, ça va bien. Ah. <laughs> ça va bien. <laughs> bien, ça va bien. bien. Ça va bien. Uh, uh, je suis fatigué. You're tired. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to make the Jack Farland joke, Jack uh, McFarlane joke when he's uh, like, both. "Je suis fatigué"? Yes. <laughs> je suis fatigué. Voulez-vous le beurre? Did I say I want butter? I love butter. Yeah. Voulez-vous yeah. le beurre? Yeah. That's more like, do you? Would you like? Oh, uh, do you want voulez-vous? butter? Like, voulez-vous, voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Uh, voulez-vous? Oh, ce soir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I always want butter. Uh, what is the blanc beurre, whatever that like the where you put the ah, uh, it's like that white sauce like for fish, like beurre blanc. Yeah, beurre blanc. That's what I was trying to think of. The beurre yes. blanc. Beurre blanc. Anyways, enough French for now. Um, yeah, there's plenty how's, ahead. How's your week been? Uh, my week has been fine. Um, I have, uh, you know, it's 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 like the last few weeks of work. Yeah, of this the is year. such a weird time of year. I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm very very um, you know lucky, privileged, blessed, whatever the fuck we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that I'm not working because I'm just focusing on school right now. But mm-hmm. I remember how weird of a time this would be at work. Uh, because it's like, yeah. you don't want to start anything. You don't want to like, you know, it's just very, there's just no motivation. No. Cause you know, it's like we have the, you know, the Thanksgiving friends giving indigenous solidarity harvest holiday. And that just kind of kicks off this really like, pff, why the fuck do anything until yeah. like the second week of January? Yeah, we should do what the Europeans do, which is they just take the month of December off. I agree. I think everybody should get a full paid, like whatever it is from, you know, well, really from Halloween until like January 7th or whatever. That fir- The second Monday in January. That should be the holiday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. October 31st to whatever that is. Second, second No, Monday. November 1st, right? November 1st to the no, second. No, but I want all day Halloween off to prepare. Oh, got it. To know? prepare for what? <laughs> you know, like... Haven't I, you been preparing for 30 days before? No, it's true. But like, I feel like, you know, one thing about me is as crazy I'm about um, Halloween. I'm not really into like costumes and stuff. Like, think about how often you've really seen me get fully, like, dressed up. It's rare. Like, I'm just... I'm Once, not, twice, yeah, maybe? I'm not really... But I would be more into it, I think, if I had, like, all day to, like, work on something. Rather than getting all... I feel all, like you would need, like, a week. Having to, like... Yeah, but doing makeup and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, not really the point. I mean, I have done some. I mean, when we have our typical Halloween parties, which we've kind of dispensed with since uh, mm-hmm. COVID happened... But I. But regardless, I feel like yes, we we just need all that time off. It should be totally paid, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then we'll all return in January. Yes, I think that'd be fine. 
Uh, but yeah, so it's a weird time of year for you. Yeah, just, you know, because it's like, it's exactly what you said. Like, you don't want to start anything. You don't really feel like um, like there are things that can wait. People yeah. are on various, uh, people are taking their vacations at various times, right? Yeah. So it's like some people so are gone. you never gone. have everybody you need at yeah. once to get anything done. Exactly. Some people are gone already. Some people are, you know, are... Uh, even when we get back uh, from, you know, the winter holidays, like some people Yeah, it takes will, a while, yeah. I feel. Yeah, that's why I think, like, that second week in January is pretty much when everybody's kind of back yeah. and can, like, get back to, like, doing productive things, um, whatever that means. Um, let's see. Oh, my gosh, so much fun doing the Charlie Brown Christmas reading with yeah. you on the uh, Geekscape. Now that we're officially part of the Geekscape, network yeah. we are coming to you live from geekscape um that was super fun to do and uh, i actually watched like all day. i kept it running all day uh, on the on on the big tv mm-hmm. while i was like you know cleaning or cooking you know doing doing various things and it was uh it was really fun just to see everybody having a good time on there you're getting your ideas for next year for us <laughs> Yeah, I do. I hope that we'll be able to do a full segment next year. And we really have to like plan it and commit to it because we kept talking about doing things. And then by the time we had a really good idea, it was kind of too late. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, Matt is very, very good about organizing all that, but it's a lot to organize. So, you know, you can't really come in on the 11th hour with like, let's do this thing. Like, Let's do this thing that's kind of complicated. Right. Yeah. 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 So I really (laughs) firmly believe that we need to get our winter holiday shit done in like July, August. (laughs) That way it's done. I really do. But here we are producing the show live for you on air. Uh, And that wasn't really the point. The point was to say how much fun we had. Yeah. Uh, It was great to see people, uh, see people's faces. I, you know, every time we all kind of get together and do stuff like that, it just, again, makes me sad about, you know, that we don't all live closer. Yeah. I would love like seeing like, you know, I see house and French. There we go. Look at you. Just you're incorporating it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like seeing Matt's house and stuff and people hanging out. And I'm like, see, I would love to just go down there and hang out. Yeah. You know, but I'd have to get on a flight and do the whole thing. It's like that house is this house, but over there. Exactly. Yeah. So I hope um, one day we will get to visit. We'll see. We'll, we, we've got ideas. So, mm-hmm. but that'll wait for the new year. Um, what else is going on? Uh, oh, well, yesterday was the 100th birthday of Vampira. Oh! Yeah, kind of cool. December 11th. Uh, yeah, 100 years of, uh, Myla Nurmi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. We've got my little poster over there of her. I admittedly, you know, didn't have such a love for her uh, until, like, you know, I found, well, until I found out about her, I guess, which is... The true, true of all things, right? Yeah, I did um, not love it until I knew it. Until I knew it, uh, but now <laughs> I'm glad I did, and I'm glad that we have like this history of uh, of horror hostesses. And you know, I'm curious if we'll ever have something like that again. Like, you know, will somebody pick up Elvira's mantle? Uh, you know, as something mm-hmm. that's like, uh, I, I feel like there's just too much. Um, it's too much out there nowadays. No. Like, it's hard to break through the noise, break through the the static, but I did want to just commemorate that for a moment, take a take a minute to think like, you know, wow, in the 50s there was this goth queen hosting midnight movies and she kind of made the character up and was like in control of it and mm-hmm. that's fucking cool. Until and, she wasn't, right? Well, that's a whole other thing, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean she left it and then the whole drama between her and Cassandra Peterson for, you know, creating a new version of Vampira. But we're not talking about that. Today we're just celebrating the fact that she did exist and she paved the way for someone like Elvira and other horror movie hosts uh, that have come and gone. Uh, I know there are others out there like Svengooley and I think he's kind of like that. And um, Joe Bob Briggs, I feel, is like a horror host. But it's, I mean, it's really not the same. Like a campy, mm-hmm. you know, gothy, like, you know, character. Like a drag queen. I mean, in a way, like Vampira is also, I feel like a drag character, like well, Elvira. Isn't, or... isn't Peaches Christ? Yeah. Yeah. I would love for Peaches Christ to have like a national television series. I think mm-hmm. that'd be really fucking cool. Um, yeah. But anyways, 
I, I know Sharon Needles tried uh, to make that happen and did do, did host a couple of like scary things on Logo or whatnot, but it just it's hard again to to make those sorts of things happen. Yeah. So we're we're just honoring and, you know Empire. not be shitty. Well, yeah, that's a whole other again yes. a whole other ball of wax <laughs> to get into. Uh, so you know, I recommend checking out. Um, Vampira, if you've not heard of her before, uh, I feel like you would have seen her. I kind of feel the same way about Elvira when people are like, oh, I don't know yeah. who that is. And I show them a picture of that. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. I went, yeah, I know. Uh, I knew you would. You've seen her, but you don't yeah, know her. Yeah, And so, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Vampira, 100 years um, since she was born. Very cool. Um, did you finish Wednesday? I've not even started Wednesday. Oh, I thought we talked about that. Uh, I thought you watched it. No. Okay, well, no. scratch that off the What's list. We'll get to it. What's interesting, though, about Wednesday, this is a tangent, but... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Imagine. There is... I, I recently discovered uh, a uh, TikToker person, you know, like, that does those dances, that dances on, on TikToker, on TikTok, on the... Yeah, t- on the TikTok. On the TikTok, and his name is Brian Esperon. And he is a dancer and choreographer, but he is from Guam. Oh, cool. And he has like 2 million people following him. Um, But he does these cool videos on his TikTok and Instagram where he, for like beat for beat, does a remake of a dance sequence from a movie. So um, he, I've I've watched his videos where he like does a dance sequence from like Encanto. uh, the, during the we don't talk about Bruno stuff, um, he does. Uh, uh, most famously, he went as uh, this most. Uh, well, most famously, he's uh, known for creating the dance for the WAP challenge. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't know he did that. And so, like you know, that was really fun. And that's probably how he has millions of people. You know, what was his name again? Brian Esperon, B R I A N, and then. You know, well, we can produce the show after. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, no, very cool. But he's from Guam, and and what was cool was that he was um, for Halloween. He went as Megan. <laughs> uh, very nice from you know from Megan from Megan from the upcoming movie Megan. I love that there's already all these costumes and stuff of her in the film hasn't even like come out yet. <laughs> yeah, they know these people know what they're doing. I know, but yeah. he he went as Megan for Halloween and did the dance that Megan does. And then um, I, the reason why I uh, found him is because um, I guess I was seeing a bunch of people going to the premiere. Sam went to the premiere, and yeah. he was there. Oh, very um, cool! And he did the dance. And um, but if you look him up, we'll maybe we'll post a link to it. Um, he does the um, he does the Wednesday dance from the new show. Very cool. Uh, which is really cool, and he's like it dressed as Wednesday and stuff. And, how fun. It's delightful. Yeah, I have to look that up. Yeah, she does. There's a whole, you know, dance sequence that they wanted to sort of honor uh, Wednesdays. Because, like, Christina Ricci, I don't, I mean, it's not like they, it's not like she dances dance. I mean, there's a scene in the first Adams Family movie where she's dancing with one of the cousins and it's really, you know, kind of a straight, he's like swinging her like back and forth. And then on the Adams family TV series, you know, Wednesday does, there's some famous like dancing sequences. So it was kind of cool to see that kind of echoed. Uh, and she based it on, um, different pieces of different, you know, goth dances, Susie and the Banshees. Uh, she credited the original actress who played Wednesday on the sixties TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, and it's a it's a fun, cute little sequence to the Cramps uh, Goo Goo Muck. Yes, yes, which, uh, or Teenage Goo Goo Muck, whatever that song is called. Um, yeah, really fun. But we'll have to wait until you watch it to really do a, a full deep dive. Um, what about House of the Dragon? Oh, absolutely. You did watch that. And are you guys done? We finished it. Yes, finally. <gasps> okay, spoilers for Hot D. Then, <laughs> what did you think? I mean, I I was not for it at all i mean and I, mm-hmm. i'll continue to watch it because i you know it was just like it, we did watch game of thrones mm-hmm. um i think i've talked about that on the show before it took us four months we watched all of it yeah um 
a couple of years. You started like the day the finale aired. Basically. Yeah. 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 And we just powered through, watched it, watched the whole thing because Jeffrey really wanted to. And I was like, well, I'll join you in this crusade. Um, (laughs) This fool's errand. You know, it's just sometimes a real trudge. Um, And I kind of feel the same way. I'm watching this and it feels like I'm rewatching Game of Thrones. It's a lot of the same dynamics, same conversations. More incest though. Yeah. Um, also, more dragons. At least right yes. at the beginning, we mm-hmm. get dragons, and I I thought that was kind of cool. And the um, you know the look of it is great. I love Eve Best. She's uh, really good. I like that actress a lot. Ever since I first saw her, I, my introduction to her was Nurse Jackie. I'm sure she's done a million mm-hmm. things before that, but that's kind of how I first saw her, and I really love her character in that. So I was um, excited to see her. You know, acting. Um, being a badass yeah being pretty badass there's just you know there were some scenes that are really hard to sit through you know again pregnancy is horror you can't have a baby on television or in a movie because bad shit will happen to you yeah and And those and those scenes were written by women Yeah, I'm very, very interested in... I want to talk with one of my friends about it. She's been itching now that we finished it, because I I am curious to get more, you know, like, am I just, like, being too sensitive? Because it just... There's a real cruelty in it, I felt, uh, watching it. I'm just like, gosh, this is so cruel. But I think the Targaryens were that cruel, though. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, And I get it. Like, there's something very real about, like, Again, I mean, we're still having these conversations. Like, let the mother die as long as the baby lives. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the priority is yeah. is the child's life. I, I mean, that's a di- that's a discourse that we're having. I think it's interesting because, like, this season, as far as like from a writer director standpoint, is like the the season of Game of Th- like a, a season of Game of Thrones where like there's th- there were a half half the episodes were directed by women. Yeah. And there was even an episode that was direct, that was written by a woman. So there was one, I forget which one, but it's, there's the first time ever one episode of a game of Thrones property that was directed and written by, by women, the same women or two different women. women. Okay. Okay. But you know, fascinating and interesting. And I think all of it's, I think it was a necessary thing for them to do to yeah. for the show, but you're right because it's like falling into those same tropes, right? I mean, e- even the first episode, um, uh, the queen Emma is just like you know our battlefield is in the bedroom and the late like giving right. birth, and then intercutting that with the tournament and you know the fake battle opposed to the real battle that's going on, and yeah, yeah, and I just struggle with that. Um, what was her name? Um, Lena or Lena? Oh, where she, yes, Lena. Yeah, I mean that whole thing. Like it's like with uh with um uh Balon with Rhaegar, Vagar, uh, Vagar. Thank you. Yeah, and that whole thing. It's like she's got other children. She has a whole life to live, and she's like, oh, this pregnancy is so complicated. I'm gonna be burned up alive by my fucking dragon. You know, instead of like suffer this humiliation of not having this baby. I'm like, I'm sure if you just keep waiting, like eventually the baby will come. (laughs) Like like, it just, the whole thing confused me. And I'm like, you have these like incredible daughters who have like these futures, like what the fuck? So I don't know. I get, I also understand that this just like, this isn't made for me. Like I'm just not Mm -hmm. the demographic for, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones. Apologies if I'm offending anybody for putting all those things together. But to me, that constitutes like a specific kind of genre. <laughs> genre. <laughs> a genre. Um, you know, we're just being re- overly French today. <laughs> but like, it's like, it's like, you know, particular types of people gravitate towards those sorts of things. You know, I'm not entertained by Lord of the Rings. I'm not, I'm not very much entertained by house of the dragon. There were storylines that I did enjoy and things, and I will continue to watch it because Jeffrey wants to watch it. And I want to like, you know, hang out with him and, and indulge in stuff that he also loves. Mm -hmm. That's, it's not all about me. Uh, What? What? Can't be 24 (laughs) seven horror all the time. No. Um, But, it's yeah. I just I want to be careful critiquing it because I don't understand the the appeal. 
No, that's that's not what I mean. I do understand the appeal for people that it appeals to. Sure. I, I understand that. But what I mean is, like, I didn't grow up watching and reading these kinds of books or playing these kinds of fantasy games. Sure. Um, I was just, I'm not a fantasy of that of that type like sure. swords what do they call it it's like it's a thing like like high fantasy like it's yeah, yeah. swords and dragons and those kinds of things They're oh just like not... larping like live action role-playing or... well no i mean i guess that could be included in that look renaissance fair i'm not yeah. one of those kinds of people yeah. this very much is in that kind of realm that like, i just don't have enough knowledge about to like critique it sure I feel, yeah. I mean, I can feel the way I do like feminist wise, but again, I feel like I may even be over, I might be overstepping that mm. uh, again. Like if women are going to tell these stories, that's one thing. But again, like the, the critique about like game of Thrones being like a lot of men writing that lots of rape, lots of sexual violence. Like, can we not imagine this is fantasy? Can we not imagine another world, sure. but also balancing that with like, you know, some people that I really respect writing about like the truth of war and the truth of the, the time periods that the, that these are kind yeah. of uh, pulling from. Yeah. You know, so we can't totally deny yeah. either. So I don't know. I guess the thing is I just shouldn't fucking talk about it. Cause <laughs> I may not know enough. Not that that you ever stops me. But. No, it doesn't <laughs> stop me either. Um, so I also didn't grow up with fantasy in that way. Like I didn't read fantasy novels. I tried to read fellowship of the ring mm-hmm. and like that crashed and burned so much. Um, uh, tried to read fellowship of the ring, tried to read, you know, tried to get, tried dungeons and Dra- dragons was not really interested in it. Yeah. So, like, when I approach these fantasy movies, it's from a cinematic place because, like, yeah. I am able to suspend the disbelief and do all the stuff. And, and, like, just like with Marvel movies, right? It's a different right. kind of fantasy. And they have a different, there's different canon and lore that's attached to Which is also to that. something that I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm just, I just don't know about. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend for folks, we've probably probably talked about them a lot on the show in other ways, but like um, if you are going to watch like Lord of the Rings, uh, um, Lord of the Rings, the uh, Rings of Power or House of the Dragon, um, there's this great podcast called Decoding TV hosted by David Chen. And he has been recapping TV and film for years, uh, but he recently launched this year his um, Decoding TV podcast. And they he he brings on he does different shows at at any given time, but he does uh, he recaps them with a person who's like an expert in that type of show or lore, and um, he does uh, he. Uh, breaks it down with he does it week by week um he has a separate podcast called cast of kings that he does with um with another person who is a game of thrones expert and that one's cool because it's purposely set up that he is a tv watcher has never read any of the books and then the person who he recaps with whose name's escaping me at the moment but she is a um, she is a person who's read all the books and is very up on the behind the stuff lore. So if you're kind of, if you're the person who's like, I don't know why they're doing this or, you know, I can't keep everybody straight. I highly recommend listening to cast of Kings for house of the dragon and other game of Thrones episodes. And then watching decoding TV for like, um, Lord of the Rings for, you know, all these other, uh, Andor, he does one for Andor. He does one for, um, he just did one for the crown where he brings on his wife who is like an upset person obsessed with the Royals and like modern Royal history. Um, they're doing a season two of the white Lotus right now. Like these, all of these folks that, uh, are coming in and it's been one of my favorite ways to kind of talk about and unpack those type, that type of TV. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate that um, suggestion. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to like go and listen to some of it just to get sort of a, a yeah. better like perspective. You know, again, we bring, uh, you know, to quote Roxane Gay recently, we, you know, the observer brings themselves to, mm-hmm. to whatever they're yeah. engaging with. And yeah. so for me watching it, there were just parts that were kind of uncomfortable and stuff that I'm like, well, pfft, in the decade or so of 
Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin media. Uh, it just didn't feel like it had evolved much. Uh, but again, this is also like set, what, 127 years before the events of Game of Thrones. So like it should, so like theoretically, so it, even more, it could so. be worse. Right. It should, <laughs> it be, should be much worse. It should be worse. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, there's intrigue and drama. Yeah. So there was definitely stuff that I'm like, well, this is fun. I think what's upsetting for me is the fact that like, all of the all of everything that's being set in motion is being done because of a misunderstanding yes which is delightful like that's i mean th- from a plot right like, yeah. it, it's frustrating but it's also like yeah. you know i'm going to watch it because the dramatic like, irony of it yes. all i think they call that yes. yes yes thank you come on english there we go <laughs> yes i i do enjoy that um allez anglais there we go. <laughs> Allons-y. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah. So make of that what you will, dear listener, if you want to watch <laughs> House of the Dragon or not. Because you're going to be, you know, you're going to be in your bed, uh, you know, during the winter holidays, binging something. Yeah, why not? Why not, uh, you know, also add some podcasts into yeah. that. I am frustrated that they say that the next season probably won't be out till 2024, which is why I don't want to watch yeah. these shows. I told Jeffrey that. I'm like, I we waited for Game of Thrones to be done so we could just watch the whole thing, and I would rather have waited for House of the Dragon to be no. totally done to watch it because I'm just frustrated by the fact that it's going to take like a year and a half. And I get it. It's production and all the yeah. stuff that goes into it. I mean, it looks... It's overall very well done. The CGI animals kind of suck outside of the dragons, oddly enough. I think the dragons look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can feel the budget, the clothes. Yeah. Oh, wow. The fashion of it all. Like, there, it is fun to look at in some ways. Yeah. It's just, again, I, I really do understand that it's not really made for me. So I probably shouldn't be giving too much of an opinion on it yeah. other than what I've already said. So with that, we'll take a quick break and be back to discuss uh, Deadly Games. All right. Well, we are back, continuing our holiday programming 2022. Oh, hold on. I need to press FRA for French. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, But yes, today, if you haven't guessed, the the film we're discussing is a French film. Uh, Trancis says Code Père Noël, uh, which is 3615 Code Father Christmas, which is a Minitel dialing number. We'll talk a little bit about Minitel in a bit. Uh, It's also known as Deadly Games, Dial Code Santa Claus, Game Over, and Hide and Freak. So... Look at that. Got lots of names. Ooh, I like Hide and Freak. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Uh, that sounds like a podcast name. Like, somebody should come up with that. Um, no. Anyways. Uh, 1989 French horror thriller film, directed by, uh, written and directed by René Manzour. Um, if you um, if you are like Gomez Adams and you love it when uh, someone speaks French to you, uh, you know... Now's the time to turn the volume up and listen to Joshua pronounce every <laughs> French name in the credits. Here we go. Um, well, there we go. Starring Brigitte Fossé, uh, Louis Ducreux. Ducreux. That's a fun one. Ducreux. Uh, Patrick Florsheim. That's more of a German yeah. kind of name. Uh, François-Éric Gendron. Uh, Stéphane Legros. Alain Lalin. So fun. <laughs> Lots of names. I'm not real. I don't think I'm pronouncing these all exactly correct, but it's fun just to, you know. He also said different names there besides Patrick Florsheim. That's that's where all. He didn't say all one name. (laughs) It doesn't all sound the same. (laughs) Um, Oh, the guy playing Le Père Noël, which is Father Christmas, is the German guy. Is Patrick Florsheim? Mm -hmm. Patrick Florsheim. Florsheim? Flayersheim? F L O E. R-S-H-E-I-M. Yeah, I think Florsheim. Florsheim. Anyway, so an outsider in other ways, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I'm sure he's a French actor. It just happens to have a uh, kind of a German-sounding name. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, uh, the film is about Thomas de Fremont. He is a 
child prodigy, I guess, is a good way to, to put it. Put it. He's obsessed with action movies and war games, and he lives in this castle with his grandpa, his grandpere, and his mama. Uh, they are obviously very wealthy or from wealth. The house is filled with toys and trapdoors. It's a, it's a literal castle. All kinds of cool stuff happening mm-hmm. in it. Perfect for a young boy uh, to run around with his uh, a little A too dog. smart young boy. Very too smart, yes. Um, yeah, and so he you know, wants Santa Claus to visit him. And unfortunately for him, Santa Claus arrives as a uh, rather deranged, um, maybe homeless person. I don't know. The mental health conversation has not yet been happening <laughs> in 1980s, late yeah. 1980s France, French yeah. cinema. Uh, but that's who shows up. And promptly uh, goes on murdering everybody, and he has to get very creative uh, to to fight Le Père Noël, mm-hmm. the evil Père Noël. Even he's a, he's a bad dude, and um, or possibly just a very um, sick person who needs uh, public <laughs> support. <laughs> so, so he wouldn't France, be breaking into children's houses. Doesn't France have people. socialized medicine? I'm sure it does. Some people fall through the cracks. You know, you can't you can't get everybody. You know, even with the yeah. best system in the world. So what you're the French is <laughs> the France have the best system. But. So what you're saying is is that when when that little girl like shaded him and said, "You don't look like Father Christmas." And he slapped her across the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> that uh, the Madame de Florent for Fremont, Fremont. Uh-huh. the Dan Fremont, Fremont uh, should have actually sent him to a clinic. He, yeah, he maybe should have been arrested, arre- given like a nice behavioral health assessment, and uh, possibly yes. uh, put up for a nice seventy-two hours in the loveliest. Yes, what's fifty-one fifty in French, Joshua? <laughs> like, <laughs> what would that be? Cinquante-cinquante. <laughs> I'm not sure what they have there, though. I'm not sure about the French. Uh, maybe one day I'll find yeah. out. Um, anyways, the point is, is that yes, Santa Claus uh, goes on a murder spree, and much like another popular holiday classic film starring a young Macaulay Culkin, uh, he does lots of booby traps and things to to uh, mm-hmm. fight back, Joe. What'd you think of Deadly Games? Um, I'm I'm gonna struggle to remember the name of this film. <laughs> I, well, it's got like 15 different. Yeah, movies, so you know. um, that's why I don't know why they called it Deadly Games, except that I guess yeah, he is playing Deadly Games with Santa Claus. But they, you know, the other one oh, is Dial Code Santa Claus. That makes more sense they to me. Called it that. Yeah, um, I think that. I think that, yeah, I mean, like, Deadly Games, I think Santa's also playing a Deadly Game with him. Um, What did I think? I thought it was fine. I would not watch it again. Um, Yeah. This is a movie where if you put it on uh, for your scary Christmas, I would leave (laughs) before (laughs) you put it on. (sighs) I would leave or I would go take a nap or something. I'd come back for, you know... uh, Krampus or something. But. Yeah. Well, I can't believe you didn't think it was fun. I really thought it was a good time. I mean, it's also just kind of like it kind of reeks of that. It reeks of the 80s in yeah. that, like, all of a sudden, like, the the secret passageway is, like, this liminal space of, like, historic toys. Yeah. Like, which was just, I like, that kind of took me out of it. And then the 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 sequence of like him Santa getting like you know the different booby traps w- reminded me a lot of the, the reasons why I hate audition <laughs> uh, yeah because like none of that's deterring this guy that's the other thing too is that like it was it was um, creepy in that it's like this is like Mike Myers like like he's like this Mike Myers quality like the unrelenting like assailant right right. But you know, it was it was it was fine. It was fun. It was good to watch with a group of people. But I don't think I'd watch this again. Yeah, I this will definitely show up probably next year and paired with Violent Night. So that's kind of mm-hmm. where I pulled this from. So in in reading almost every single thing I read about Violent Night, which we talked about last week. So if you haven't uh, heard that episode, go back and listen. But um. 
this movie was mentioned. Mm. And so I was like, well, that'll be perfect. We'll go back and watch uh, that and yeah. see how it pairs up. And I definitely would, I would definitely show them back to back. I think that would be a nice um, uh, pairing. Sure. Uh, it is definitely strange. I'm not saying that it's a great film by any uh, stretch, but there's some cool, interesting stuff happening in it I, as a French film in that time period. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very French. It's very, but it's also just very dated. And I try, I try really, I tried really hard, I guess, in the beginning to not be in the beginning of this podcast to not be someone who was like, I didn't like it because it was old. (laughs) (laughs) And now I've become a little bit more comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, who was it? Tom Savini, I think was commenting on something like that because it's like, it's not old if you've never seen it. Yeah, it's new to you? Uh, no, it's old. It's fucking old. Like <laughs> you're fucking old. You know, um, this is where you start talking about Minitel because you're old like, at heart. Because it went. Because that's the other thing. Of, no, it's true. Yeah, that's yeah, the other thing about like it. It's like it's like exactly. You have like this dated thing, and it's and like the it's such a huge plot point, right? Like when when things are that niche and specific. Like you, it doesn't feel like even with um, better watch out, right? Better watch out yeah. could happen anywhere. There's nothing about the technology or the location or any of the like particular plot points that do, like you couldn't do that anywhere where there was winter, right? This one is like it's uniquely like in France. Yes, a huge mansion, <laughs> like. A kid with a mullet, all of that stuff. His mullet is awesome. No, his mullet was probably one of my favorite <laughs> things. Like the the hair in this film was yeah, just it's on point, amazing. Um, so those of you who are not old enough to remember that the internet didn't always uh, come into your house the way it does now. Um, so in France, uh, actually invented in Sisson uh, Savigny. Um, was this thing called Minitel, M-I-N-I-T-E-L, a video or a, um, a text like online chat service kind of thing that they show in the film, which is how he gets in touch with this because uh, they have, um, I guess, like Minitel booths all over the place where people can yeah, it was like in and check messages. It was right in or, front of that department store. Yeah, uh, Pronton. Um And so the boy, he's trying to communicate with Santa Claus on this, which is how the, you know, this deranged guy finds him and, you know, by a bizarre sequence of events ends up being able to find his house and, um, and go there. And so, yeah, these were, um, yeah, like machines that, uh, users could, they could make online purchases, Mm -hmm. train reservations, check stock prices, search telephone directory, have mailbox chat, um, in, in what is now made possible by, um, the world wide web. I'm just kind of reading from, uh, the Wikipedia here and it wasn't like retired until June of 2012. And, you know, I'm thinking, they did try something similar here. Like they imported parts of it, like in San Francisco and other places didn't really take off. But you remember in scream mm-hmm. how she is on the computer sending like a message to nine one one. Do you remember that scene? When, cause they I, don't have cell phones like at the time. And so yeah. when, when the killer, when Ghostface tries to kill Sydney in her house after mm-hmm. she, she's waiting for Tatum to pick her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's typing to the... And they make fun of it in Scary Movie where she's yes. typing white woman in trouble. And yeah. Like, and I was thinking about that because I was like, oh, I guess, you know, was that like... I never used the computer that way to like use it like a phone or something to type in. Did you ever? Not like that. Yeah. I thought that was strange. But anyways, so it's not... That seemed like a so recent invention. Ancient. Yeah. You know? But I was just thinking that it kind of reminds me of that. But anyways, the point is, is that they're using Minitel to like con- contact, you know, Père Noël, and um, you know, so th- it does play a very important role in 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 the film as the way that that comes together. Nowadays, I mean, what he would be on like TikTok or something? I don't even know. What do kids use for chat? Like I, AOL Messenger? No, it'd be like um, it'd be like Instagram. Uh, It'd be like Instagram or TikTok. I slid into Paranoel's DMs and look what all I got for it is. (laughs) Dead dog. R.I.P. Gier. That's the dog is called. (laughs) Affluent kid in trouble. Right. There we go. Um, But 
yeah, I um I agree with you because because of that, like when you see things like that in films where there's like a new technology that's so it's really out of date now in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um it does it does root it in a certain place and time. But I thought that was interesting because I didn't I mean I learned something of this is Fright School. Sure, I sure. never heard of Minitel. I didn't know it was a thing. So reading about it was kind of cool. Uh finding out about that. Um, you know, a little bit about some you know, of French customs Infra- around. Infrastructure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then customs around. I mean, that I kind of know because obviously in French class, you know, every year when the holidays would come around, we would learn about French uh, mm-hmm. customs. Um, and this film does do a good job of showing off some of those things. For instance, um, all the... Typically, French people do uh, have a creche out, which is a nativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a thing. You pointed out the bouche de Noël, the, um, uh, the chocolate log. log. Yeah. Yes. Which, um, I would like to have that, uh, cause it looked delicious. See, I only know that because it is something that looks really appetizing that I cannot eat because I don't eat chocolate. That's true. It looks like a giant Swiss miss roll. Yeah, I, I can can you make one for me, but like make it like a blonde one, like an al- <laughs> an albino, you know, bouche de Noël. There we go. That sounds good. Uh, we see the shoes at the very end in front of the fireplace because mm-hmm. that's what Père Noël comes and he stuffs little toys and candies and fruit in the boots. That's the what they leave them out. That's part of the mm-hmm. the tradition, or they get filled with you know coal or bad things if you've been a naughty child. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't really show the family cup because the mother is obviously, that's one of those, it's, it's again, such a strange conversation because the child is left alone in this giant house on Christmas Eve with his like blind, diabetic, diabetic, <laughs> severely diabetic in, Ill, it, in, in general, infirm, right? Inferme, yeah. Inferme. You know, um, infirm. um, grandpa. Pear, <laughs> poppy, <laughs> which usually on Christmas Eve, that's when the dinner happens and like all of that in France. It's much more like like mm-hmm. here. I think some um, yeah 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 some faiths tend to celebrate yeah or some culture the Italian or Italian Americans do the feast of seven fishes yeah. on um, in Latino culture uh, Noche Buena in Filipino culture. Yeah, because of Spain, Noche Buena, which is the night before. Yeah, yeah. so typically Christmas Eve becomes sort of the yeah, uh, you know. So yeah, Christmas Eve is typically when it's celebrated, but the mother wants to be out working again. Maybe this is a comment on that. We do know that the French can be very sexist in their films, so it's like, see, mom, this is what happens when you go to work. Your yeah, kid but, gets attacked by a deranged Santa Claus. But she also is not like she is not negligent. That's the other interesting yeah. thing. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's a strange situation to just leave your kid alone. Um, well, she like to the, take care of the. I mean, the grandfather needs insulin. Like, what had happened? Like, yeah, was he? Well, oh, I forgot they had caretakers. They had caretakers, That's but right. because he murdered. is, I forgot, like a that. prodigy. He's precocious. He yeah. understands. He fixes a fucking car. No, it's true. I mean, right. not well, right. but <laughs> again, I'm just looking for some sort of meaning in the in the in the conversation besides my bizarre um, ideas about the French Revolution. <laughs> no, oh, hold on. Are you going to go there now? No, I was. I'm not really. I, I really didn't mean that. That's just the. You need to. Okay, someone's yelling like you know. Matt's like, what about the French Revolution? Well, no, I'm just saying that the French Revolution celebrated uh, its 200th anniversary when this film was being made, and then what, by the time it came out, uh, so there's just something interesting to me about like a film about like a super wealthy child and family who are being attacked by really the most forgotten member of society. Yeah. Uh, So I just thought that was an interesting conversation. (laughs) When I was looking for points to bring up and to discuss, again, in the end, the the wealthy family all makes it out alive, spoiler alert, and the dog dies, which is terrible, but the French love killing animals, especially on Christmas Eve. Look at L'Interieur and that cat, which I will forever be mad about. You were so... I'm still still I've never seen you so incensed. My whole life, I will be upset. That's also the only kill... In the fucking movie. That's right. But I mean, is, it's, there's you know, lots of brutal. Le, uh, Le Chien? Is that, that's how you say dog? Oh, in this movie. Sorry, I thought yeah. we were still talking about um, Inside. Um, yeah. Le Chien. Le Chien. 
Yeah, Gier. He is uh, R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Gier. Stab the fuck out of that boy in his mullet, but leave the dog alone, Père mm-hmm. Noël. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> With a cake server, no doubt. I know. But anyways, my point just was, like, in the end, the bad guy is killed and he dies. So it's like he didn't win over on the family mm-hmm. or anything. But if he had killed the whole family and then just took up residence in their castle, then maybe we could make a point about the French Revolution. But sure. <laughs> Well, so... I was just, you know, overcomplicating it. How, how can I do that? And so I was like thinking about that, thinking about misogyny, awesome. thinking about certain messages that the film obviously sends. Um, I think the, I think, uh, Tomas, Tommy is Mm -hmm. pretty, is pretty fucking traumatized by the end of it. Oh yeah. He's like fucking comatose. Yeah. I mean, that, it's a horrible thing. And, and you know, you have your mom telling you, like, if you look at Santa, he's going to turn into an ogre and try to eat you or whatever. So, which fucking happens. Right. Is what happens. So again, he can go to school, l'école, and tell all of his little friends, that he killed Santa. That yeah, that I had to kill Santa because I saw him and he turned into an ogre. Yeah. And he killed my dog. And at the very end, like him like the very last shot is like, you know, fake a bad Santa like uh reaching for the boots to like go back up the chimney. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh let's see. I'm just kind of looking. I did think it was interesting watching this and comparing it to Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did kind of, I see where the guy's, was what he was talking about sure, a little too. bit. Mm-hmm. I do, I agree. I think it'd be a really hard case. So, dear listener, the, the writer, director of this uh, film, uh, Rene Manzor, has threatened... Uh, to sue or did at one point threaten to sue, you know, the makers of home alone saying that they had remade his film. Um, the people behind home alone obviously reject that, you know, Mm -hmm. say that they just, um, you know, one of those things, accidental crossover, obviously home alone isn't as scary as this is meant to be. Uh, I mean, by our standards, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah. It wasn't that terrifying. Um, let's see. Yeah, I kind of. <laughs> oh, here we go. I like this quote from um, Peter Martin of Screen Anarchy. I was utterly bowled over with happiness. Sure, it's your standard clever kid versus Santa Claus home invasion tale made before Home Alone, but it's exceptionally smart, funny, and kind of fiendish, too. It's a great family action movie for families who hate the holidays. <laughs> Which I would um, agree with. Um, wow. There's not really, I mean, again, it's, it feels like this is one of those films that was sort of lost for a while and Shudder, it got like a re-release and then Shudder put it sure. on. And so it's kind of having a little bit of a, of a renaissance. So there's not a ton really written about it outside of reviews when it came out. Yet. Um, but yeah, yet. But, you know, thanks to Fright School, we have resurrected, <laughs> you know... You know, Papa Noel, bad Santa over here. Papa Noel, I love that daddy, daddy, daddy Claus, daddy Claus, daddy Claus. Uh, not so much this one. That's more of um, David Harbor. Yes, David Harbor is daddy Claus. Um, I don't know what else really to say <laughs> about the movie. I don't think we need to say any more. <laughs> You're so I, funny. I need we need to be done with it. Um, no, <laughs> I'm I. I don't know. Okay, here let's let's actually have this conversation, right? Um, Did you ever truly believe in Santa Claus? Oh, that's a good question. Since we are, if you haven't noticed, we're kind of devoting our holiday horror stuff to depictions of Santa Claus. Uh, So that's a good question, Joe. Look at you guiding. Guiding. Um, I don't remember a time believing in Santa Claus. Um, I'm sure I did, but I found out really early that there wasn't a Santa Claus. And then as the oldest child, I would often accompany my mom for Christmas shopping. 
to pick out um, toys and things for my siblings. And then because my birthday is the 17th of December, I would often get to choose, um, like, I would get a Christmas gift that was, like, a little more expensive, like a little mm-hmm. nicer of a toy or something. I got to pick for my you lumped it in Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So often I would get to go. So I knew that there wasn't a Santa Claus from a really young age, but I don't remember. I'm sure like five, six, seven, I may have believed in Santa Claus. Um, I do remember around my eight, I think it was my eighth birthday or seventh birthday. My mom came home with a cake that was Santa's head, and that was my birthday cake, and I was, like, horrified by the whole thing. (laughs) She brought you the head of Kris Kringle? Yeah, which now, in retrospect, is actually kind of delightful. But I remember being really upset about it, because it's like it already sucked out my birthday to be Christmassy around Christmas, so then to have that. And then I kind of, like, banned Mm -hmm. it, and I didn't have have another real birthday party until I was, like, 21— And then I didn't have parties at all until I moved here and people started was like, Oh no, but we want to like celebrate your birthday. And so you should do something so we can celebrate you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I started doing like, you know, my dinners that I do every year. But, um, my, um, what about you? My, well, first my older sister is, uh, her birthday's on the 20th. Oh yeah. So I, yeah, that's pretty much why her name is Christine. (laughs) Cause it's close. So, um, so yeah, so like her birthday, but like we always did different stuff. Like I don't, at least as long as I've been alive, she has never, we have never done both things except until we moved here to the mainland and we had to like, you send one package that has both the birthday and the Christmas gifts, right. but usually it comes after Christmas because shipping. Um, as far as like believing in Santa, um, I think I believed in Santa once um, because it's it's difficult for children in Micronesia to believe in Santa Claus because we don't have chimneys and we don't have you know that kind of shit. Um, there is a great commercial that one of the um, one of like the like the bank of guam or something like that did when i was a kid that like showed santa claus coming into a screen door <laughs> like basically opening his you know, opening like a screen door into a house and eating cookies and then leaving and the santa claus movie with tim allen oh yeah they show that like even if you don't have a chimney christmas magic makes one so i always so in i i think i've the last time I did it, it was like, I think it was around that time when, when Santa Claus came out and I left out cookies for Santa and he ate them. And you lived on Guam at that time? I lived on Guam at that okay. time. And then, What year did you move to the Maine? Uh, 20, 2004. So I was 15. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so a lot of my formative years, like Christmas, all that. I think that, I didn't realize that. I thought that you moved here when you were like five or six. No. Wow. No, I was like 15. I was like, I I always like to say I sometimes was, you talk as if you didn't really spend much time there. It, it's but 15 years is a big chunk of time. Although yeah. I guess cognitively, consciously, really only like 10 years. Yeah. And then, because that's the other By thing. By the time you have memories. Exactly. And personality exactly. and all. So not a person. I was like, I came into my own here. I had like, you know, my, you know, came into my identity here, but, and last year was weird because like I, uh, or when I turned 31 in 2020, it was weird because that was officially the year where I had lived more. I have lived more of my life in America, in the mainland than I did in Guam. But, uh, it's yeah, so it's it's difficult and challenging to believe in Santa Claus when all media makes it like this very winter weather associated thing. Was there any? Did you have any other figure? No, no, we had Santa. Like Santa was there at the mall. It was always some white guy at the mall. Um, Santa came. You know, Santa Santa would come on a fire truck to throw candy at children. Okay, I see. Um, I'm just wondering because there's like so in the um, so Père Noël which again mm-hmm. is like Father Christmas mm-hmm. uh, in France because of like the influence of the French um, lots of different places obviously kind of picked up the um, 
Père Noël sort of sure, thing. Sure. And then I thought this was interesting in Louisiana Cajun culture, a version of Papa Noël arrives at homes in a pirogue uh, towed by eight alligators, so like a boat. Sure, yeah. Uh, so you don't need uh, a chimney. Yeah. It's the idea of like that, you know, it's... Um, there used to be... So when I worked a long time ago in this um, collectible gift store, sure. uh, we had a line of Christmas uh, Santa Claus figurines mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Pipka. Did you ever hear of Pipka? Mm-hmm. And she would make all these different Santas from all over the world. And so each year it was a big deal to get like the new, she would do different and like stuff like that, you know, sure. like Santa Claus with the alligator. And you're like, what the fuck is that all about? And it's like, well, it's a Louisiana Cajun mm-hmm. Creole version. Yep. And she would do all these different like figures from all over the world. And so I was just wondering if the, cause especially with like what you're saying about like the not having chimneys, it's like, well, was there another story oh, then that he uh, evolved that Santa evolves to maybe not so much a story but it was a way that they represented Santa on the island right okay. so it's like Santa is like you know big guy shorts and an island print shirt driving <laughs> uh, driving a carabao like uh, a water buffalo right uh, yeah you I was like that's the word that I know it by a like water a buffalo caribou? Uh, a car- well we called it Ow. a carabao okay but it's a water buffalo basically okay um, which like if you ever get to go to Guam, you have to do it. You just have to get on one when they go to when you if you see one at the tourist places because you know I got on one and it's it's quite fun. Um, just to I mean it's not like a um, it's not like a uh, rite of passage or you know particularly exciting, but it's just fun to get on top of one and. Um, I actually had a figure at my desk for a little bit of a little carabao because, but um, but yeah. So like, there's there's great like island Christmas cards that have like you know Santa's Claus like, <laughs> uh, um, like it, with like a with a I, with a coconut hat, coconut palm hat. Uh, That's so interesting. Sorry, I'm just falling down this like rabbit hole because caribou I've heard of before, and that's a reindeer. Like a reindeer yeah. is a caribou. Is that the same? Animal? No, no. It's like this a, is real a water buffalo. Like a like essentially, yeah. It's like a water buffalo, but they're they're a beast of burden. Like the you right, right. You know, the you use them on the ranch to, uh, you know, pull a hoe. Huh. Fascinating. I love that. Yeah. I, I feel like I remember seeing commercials like that even here, like yeah. you know, of Santa like in Hawaiian wear or something. Yeah, which like for us is just like you know, oh, it's just uh, it's so it was always really rare to see outside of the mall and a fully air conditioned place to right. see like Santa in a full, in a full like that idea Coca Cola exactly trademark Santa exactly <laughs> Sinterklaas. Um, yeah, huh? No, I just, I don't really. I don't think that we, I'd have to ask my brother if he ever believed in Santa Claus. I think we were so like such a different kind of, you know, again, like we've discussed on here, we just didn't really do that kind of stuff. I also think when you're kind of like, when you're an old soul kid, right? Like you, it's more fun to be on the other side of the knowledge to be on like a, oh, make it better for other people and um yeah other well, kids and i firmly believe in like i mean for me personally because i do remember going to school and kids would talk about santa claus bringing them things that were like really nice and you're mm-hmm. like well, we didn't get that so i definitely identify with that conversation that's in culture now about you know like be careful what you tell your kids santa brought them because mm-hmm. some kids got ipads and some kids got like a DVD from yeah. Santa. And I, I understand how that can, especially for children. Like you, yeah. you, you it's kind of fucked up. Santa brought me an, I, an Apple watch right. and brought you a hug. Actual apples. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause we are fucking hungry. Yeah. Uh, and I do, I, 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 it, so I kind of, that really resonates with me. And I feel like telling kids, yeah. like, I don't think there's really necessarily a problem. And we, we know, I think there's, um, really good psychological studies out there that we're not really harming kids with these sorts of mm-hmm. lies, structured sort of cultural sure. uh, mythologies. Uh, but I do think that there is something to say for that. Like when they go and, and I mean, I remember growing up because my, I mean, I, I already knew there wasn't a Santa, but I, you know, you have that idea of like really ultra rich, wealthy. Mm-hmm. And we had, 
my aunts um, married very, very wealthy men. And so their kids would get like just insane gifts for the sure. holidays. And yeah. we would always go over there and they'd be walking around with these like purses and stuff that would cost thousands of dollars crying because they only got, you know, one or two gifts. Yeah. But it's because they cost five grand for some yeah. fucking watch and a, and a bag from mm-hmm. you know, whoever there was any time of year. So it was definitely kind of fucked up. <laughs> so yeah. I think when you think about that and you're like, Oh, Santa brought me a Louis Vuitton no. bag. Was I what not is- good enough? Exactly. Right? And, and so, so for me, that definitely instilled a lot of that. Yeah. That's what, one of the reasons that I really hate the holidays is, is that like, you know, I started to bring up the commercialization thing, which again, I'm going to, uh, I'll put the link to the, uh, Geekscape live stream spectacular because one you should donate if you have a couple extra bucks please throw it uh at the big brothers big sisters um the link is still up right yeah the link it's gonna i think the goal is four grand four grand which will help two kids be paired which is awesome providing the supervision and everything needed to you know make those relationships work and support them um but um Oh, what was I saying? The Christmas uh, you, thing. <laughs> I had a whole like thing. You said you hate about. Christmas because of this. Uh, well, just because like that dynamic, because it always made my mom feel really bad about yeah. herself. And then we would go home after those things. And at a time of year where it's supposed to be joyous, we're out of school, we get to hang out with yeah. family, we get to see family that we don't, you know, get to see every day at the holidays. It's supposed to be this joyous time. Was always really dark and really depressing because of the commercialization. That's what I was going to say. Cause we did the, um, a Charlie Brown Christmas reading mm-hmm. script reading and I started to bring it up, but I get it that, you know, we wanted to stay kind of joyful and happy and not necessarily go down like a rabbit hole of like dark commercialization and how mm-hmm. it affects our psych- psyche. Um, but for me, that was a very real thing. And I, it really made me hate the holidays because of just yeah. how upset my mom would always be. And it's just like, the point is, is that we're together. Yeah, and capitalism is isolating. And capitalism fucking sucks. Yeah, you know, on so many levels, and yeah. even and it's still play because there is a real pressure to like you know get nice gifts and think you know and think about sure. it. And I I fucking hate that that's there. So I try yeah. to like push it away. And again, that's why I reinvented it and kind of make it my own every year and focus yeah. more on like let's just hang out. Yeah, one thing that um, I remember in high school. So like one of my first. Christmas is here in, yeah. in the mainland going to a friend's house and like seeing a ton of presents yeah. underneath her tree and just thinking like, Oh my God, are they rich? Like, you know, this is just, it was like, and also Out they were control. all wrapped already too. Like, you know, yeah. my, my mom and my mom was one where like, she's in the bedroom wrapping the Christmas presents like an hour before we have to, oh, we're going to open them. Right. You know, yeah, so like you, did that too. so you like never, you never truly know what's under the tree, right? Like we are not that kind of family. Like right. I'm, I like, you know, this is coming out. I still kind of, I still technically need to let my family know what's going on with our white elephant gift <laughs> exchange. <laughs> I love it. But like, yeah, so it's like, you know that something's coming. It's like just things are a little bit last minute, but like, I realized later afterwards that like, like after the presents were open, I was like, Oh, so like what, you know, I talked to her. I'm like, well, what would you get? It's like, Oh yeah. You know, my mom, she get she always gets, um, little things, but wraps them up. So you have something to open. So she would like buy boxes of, like movie style candy and wrap <laughs> it adorable. up and put it in their stockings. And then you have something you open, but and, and me, yeah. it's like, Oh, that's great. Like, you know, things that you're going to use, um, or that you like that, you know, is a treat for yourself, but it's right. not like this grand Christmassy type gesture. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I, I don't, I don't know. I think that I, I think that, um, I think I've really leaned though. I will say I've really leaned in the last few years, that Taurus part of me that loves to receive gifts. Um, and is like being really honest that I do enjoy that. Uh, but it's been really difficult to like find gifts for people um, that are simple, but meaningful. Yeah. That's why it's like, I just, my, the biggest thing you could do for me is like show up and yeah. hang out. I love that. At the, that's one of my favorite things of the holidays. Quality time. Yeah. Quality time. Uh, you know, but I, I also, I agree. I do like a gift. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey's dad was like, um, the last couple of years, like, let's get together, no gifts. Like, you know, I have everything I need. You don't need to buy me anything. I'm like, I want gifts, though. <laughs> I 
gift this is that part of me that's like where's my gift yeah uh but no i i really it I, it is lovely just to be able to get together and and see family however um it is fun seeing what jeffrey finds cuz he's very uh it's always interesting uh, to see what he finds for me at the, at this time of year. Cause I think I'm a really good gift giver for him. Like I listen to him all year and I like, I'll take a note. I have a little note in on my thing, like, um, you know, of like gifts for Jeffrey. So when he says something sure. random, I'm like, Oh, that'll be good. I'll get him that, you know, for the holidays. Um, so I'm excited by the gifts that I got him. Um, and I really want to be surprised cause some stuff got delivered and it was a it was a box, and I thought it was for me. So I started to open it, and then thankfully at the last minute, I saw that it was his. So I put it in his office, and then <laughs> Lily got on top of the box and fell through it. Oh no! So then I had to like get her out while trying not to see what was in the box. <laughs> oh, uh, thankfully I did. I mean, I saw like a flash of something, but not enough to really know what it is. But mm. you know what I'm saying? She was. She didn't like emerge from the box covered in blood. Right, or, no, nothing okay. like that. Glitter. She, she got on top because it was a huge box, and the box inside of it was small. Like, it didn't need to be in all this big, huge box. But okay. whatever. Not the point. But yeah, so she got up on it, and her little, you know. Um, curvy self uh, fell through it so then I had to like pull her out without trying to see what because I do like to be surprised I don't necessarily want to yeah. know what the gifts are because uh, it's I think I think it's a little harder obviously if you look around here it's hard to buy me gifts because I buy myself what I fucking want exactly I'm the same way it's I, so. I think I spend most the last few years it's like I'm just gonna buy myself what I want because I because yeah. I'm also um, elu- I feel like it's difficult to buy for me because I don't think I'm I I think that I tell people what I like, but I don't tell people what I want. Right. And, you know, I know what it is that I want. I also just don't feel like I share that with a lot of people. Yeah. Well, anyways. um, Yay. Yay. Yeah. Fuck Christmas. Make it your own. Ignore this, you know, bullshit. You're all good enough. You're all worthy. You're all valuable. And if anybody bases their relationship with you on what you can buy them, get rid of those people. Don't talk to them. Yeah, don't buy them anything. Uh, And and definitely don't buy them anything. Spend it on yourself. Uh, (laughs) What's that? What's spend it on yourself in in French? I don't even know. What would that be? Spend spend it on treat yourself. Treat yourself. What would treat yourself be? (laughs) I kind of I love that actually. That would be really fun to 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 know, so I can just yell it in French randomly. Yes. Um, Yeah. You. Faites vous plaisir. Faites vous plaisir. Faites vous plaisir. So that's kind of like, yeah, I don't even know. It's a command, right? Nice. I don't know if it's like Spanish where it's like, it's a command. So, yeah. Faites vous plaisir. Yeah, it's like allons-y, you know, like yeah. we were saying earlier, let's go. Like, yeah. Yeah. Allons-y. Faites vous plaisir. And joyeux Noël. We will be back next week with our last episode for December. Because then we're going to take a couple weeks off to enjoy the holidays, the high holy days. The high holy days. With our, with our family, and then we will return in January. But uh, yeah, we got one more creepy Kris Kringle Christmas creep-tastic I ran out of words. Film. (laughs) (laughs) Film. Uh, To watch. So, yes. Happy holidays and uh, bonsoir. Bonsoir. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.